All right, so we're going to do two Emily Dickinson poems because the first one's only four lines long and we'll probably run out of things to say quite soon. Um, Camden is here with me again. Hello. There you go. All right. Um, <laughs> I should just let you sit in silence for at least 30 seconds. I'll do it too. Um, I know you would. That's why I said my name. I didn't even say my name. The air? I don't know. What else it would be? We're gonna be um, eaten by a tornado. Yeah. Well, I doubt that. Could see we, the stars. We could. Um, see, Faith is a Fine Invention. Poem number 202 by Emily Dickinson. Faith is a fine invention for gentlemen who see, but microscopes are prudent in an emergency. Did you pick to this? I know, I did. <laughs> um. A lot of people like to point out and claim Emily Dickinson is like this Christian poet. It's usually people who don't know a whole lot about Emily Dickinson. Mm -hmm. And I would point to this one. Um, it's just, the word faith is in quotes, first, yeah. first of all, is a fine invention. It's made up. For gentlemen who see. See is in italics. It's the last two lines that really do it for me, though. But microscopes are prudent in an emergency. And I may be extrapolating a little too much here. But, you know those people who are like, will pray about it, but they won't go to the doctor? Yeah. This is them. Mm-hmm. See, I may not be as extreme as you. I think that there's a balance. I think that this pushes towards a balance a bit. Well, faith, I, yeah. I think faith can be, it's a fine invention. Yeah. It's a fine invention. She's not necessarily saying there's anything no. wrong with it. But you can't. But she's saying you do need to go, mm -hmm. like science is. You have to believe in science. You gotta <laughs> believe in climate change, bestie. <laughs> it, that would be the modern version of this. Perhaps. Um, um, it's that balance, and even like within faith, you see a lot of people, specifically in unnamed place that we're currently at, um, <laughs> who um, who have never thought through what they believe. Yeah. Um, and don't, and it just exists, and then they say science has no part in it, um, and I'm just going to believe this because it's been told to me. Um, but then I know people who are people of faith or people of science and having the opposite strengthens that for them or like having that knowledge of the natural world and how it works has to coexist with that. Like if you're going to be a person who has faith, you also have to believe in the natural world. And there's even like little bits of faith even in science and in life. They're both like, it's this idea that they're yeah, both Faith isn't exist. inherently a Christian concept. Uh, yeah. It's not inherently something like you can okay now that I say that I'm viewing this poem from a different way so let's let's um, not cut that out but let's let's start over and look at it from this way if I remember mm -hmm. faith is a fine invention for gentlemen who see but microscopes are prudent in an emergency and I did lose what I thought I should have written it down <laughs> <laughs> um, shoot what was it Faith is a fine invention for prudent in an emergency. What were we talking about before this? 
Um, balance between faith and science. Balance between faith. Faith isn't inherently a Christian thing. Yeah, yeah, Um, okay. So you can believe something, but, like, you can have faith that something exists, but without proof. You gotta think through it. Yeah. You gotta have something to back it up. Mm-hmm. And that like, will make stronger faith. Yes. Like, and having thought through something and knowing why you believe something will make it stronger. But also, there is empirical evidence for things in the world. It's that idea of that, like, substance dualism, the mind-body thing. It's first two stanzas. Stanzas. Lines. It's lines. too late. Um, <laughs> the first two lines are, are the spiritual, and second two lines are the physical. But it doesn't put them in opposition. They're both pieces of you that you have to have both of. But you can't say, well... Like, my like, home isn't in this world, it's whatever. Like the, the, first, the first two lines are, like, your hypothesis. But yeah. then you need to go back and, like, look more into it. Like, you can have the, all the ideas you want. But you should probably, like you said, go dive a little more into yeah. that. And, like, microscopes. You need to look at it more closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, the tone of the poem is just... <laughs> it's a little sassy. It's a little sassy. I have I have interesting opinions about exclamation points in poems. Oh. And perhaps I don't like them. I should love dashes. <laughs> no, I do if love. You if you don't like dashes, you're gonna <laughs> see. This one has absolutely no dashes in it, and you say yeah. it like I don't normally take it. It is I, weird. No, I, I know you do. <laughs> I love a good dash, but I. This isn't a this isn't a dig on Ellie Dickinson, but somehow exclamation points always just feel kind of a little like ha ha silly, like we're playing a game thing. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think she's talking about something. Maybe I just think exclamation points are obsolete unless if you're trying to not seem mean in a text message. I mean, I, I use exclamation points in my poems sometimes. You can you can beat me up or throw me off the balcony. But, That's well, fine. I think I think it conveys a certain tone, mm-hmm. and I think Emily Dickinson uses it well because yeah. it 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 lends it a, a almost whimsical sort of flavor, if that makes any flavor s- any any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think I don't think it's bad. I think people. It's a tool to be used very carefully. Um, but I think it, it lends towards the tone, even if it's not my specific taste, it lends towards the tone that she's leaning towards. But she does have some, like, pretty silly poems. <laughs> a bird came down the walk. He did not know myself. It's, like, kind of yeah. sing-songy sometimes. This is a full, we're jumping straight back, even though this isn't, like, it is very American, but she does utilize a lot of form stuff. Like, even in this, we've got rhyme going on. Yeah. Um... Which is, I think is interesting. Like, these two episodes just have to go together. You have to listen to both of them. Sorry. If the second one hasn't come out yet, sorry. Um, because This um, one will be out second, so... I can count. This is why I'm an English major. Um, but, um, like, building on all of, like... Doing something new, making it new, doesn't mean discarding everything that's happened before. Um, it means acknowledging the entire base datum of all poetry before, which is a big, overwhelming task. <laughs> But acknowledging all of it and building on it and doing something new. And then using what is helpful. Like that idea of even if you never write a form poem in your life, you need to know how to. You need to know how to use form and how to do those things. Because sometimes that's the best thing that you can use. Like she's um, Miss President Ruby Carr, that she is not, and that mm-hmm. is an insult to her name. But 
an argument that was made. Um, she does things incredibly new in a way that is very American and was never done before, but she uses old things. She uses rhyme um, and some very European ideas, and it works. So I don't think, I don't think we can just fully discard everything that's happened before. I don't even know how we and got no one there. Does. But <laughs> I, I don't know, because we were talking about the rhyming. <laughs> I mean, you can... Gotcha, gotcha. You have the full power to cut any of this that you want. Uh, no, I, don't cut, uh, I don't cut things anymore. <laughs> I'm too lazy. But, like, I mean, that's, like, the whole, like, Whitman thing. If people are like, oh, well, Whitman just destroyed all of, like, all of, like, British poetry, and he's doing this whole new thing. No, he's not. Not at all. Like, he's so inspired by everyone else. And then, like, I think it's Langston Hughes who comes back, and he's like, yep, I just am doing Whitman, essentially. Every, everyone is doing exactly what happened before them. Like, the idea that every literary period is responsible to the one before. Ginsburg was doing yeah. Whitman. I mean... <laughs> everyone... Did I... I think I told you yesterday that every um every american poem since whitman has been whitman haunted you told me that earlier today yes every poem has been <laughs> i don't know time <laughs> i don't know but yeah everything is whitman haunted but everything is haunted by everything before it so you can't you can't be a poet and not know the poems that have come before you because then this thing if you're just gonna say what's already been said or you're gonna say something wildly off base and do something different anyways that was a big tangent i'm sorry <laughs> I got excited. We have another poem to do. We do have another poem to do. Yeah. Give me one moment. So, we're not too far into this, so we, we could still knock this one out. <laughs> as long as you don't get me talking about that again, which I will. Anyways. Um, hope is the thing with feathers. This one does not have a number for some reason. And I want to know what number it is. Does it have a number at all? I thought all of them did. Um, she's she's going to look up the number if we can find it while I um, read this poem. This is another one that starts with a word in um, in uh, quotations. That's the word I'm looking for. 254. 254. So hope, hope is a thing with feathers. Pretty close together. 254. Um, we got faith and hope. Is there one with love in quotations? I was about to make that joke. I'm sure there probably Isn't there is. there an Alan Jackson song? Faith, Hope, and Love or some good things again? <laughs> How old uh, do you think I am? <laughs> do you think I know who Alan Jackson is? <laughs> um, uh, sorry, my parents played that CD <laughs> until it stopped working almost when I was when I was a wee lad. See, my dad was like <laughs> my dad was like a Green Day dad. He and Dude. I have a pact to one day see my chemical romance together. I'm wearing a Green Day shirt right now underneath my sweater. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Anyways, right, so Dickinson. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. So this is it. Um, this is extended metaphor, right? Here's your dashes. Yeah, I, I, lo <laughs> I love dashes. I use so many dashes when I write poems, and I blame Emily. No, I've started doing it a lot recently. It's interesting that these are single dashes. What's the word for uh, that? I There's like N dashes and M dashes, I think. I think this is an N dash. Or something, but that could doubles. just be the way it's rendered on Poetry Foundation. Perhaps. Um... 
But no, no, yeah. It's nothing if you you read someone and then you just start doing exactly what they do. It's um, definitely not the dash on the last page of Gatsby that just <laughs> extends. Somehow we always get back to Gatsby. Because it's, <laughs> it's there. But, um, yeah, so extended metaphor comparing hope hope as a bird as like a bird. I just realized I completely subverted your question you did softball me that one and I completely went off on grammar but yes uh, <laughs> I think that this is the that's this is the spiritual component that we were talking about before you can't go so far as to say that she's fully like no I don't think she's body. I don't think she's atheist you can even if even if you are an atheist as a poet you can't fully ignore some aspect of something because it's poetry it's there. There's something. Even if it's just soup. <laughs> <laughs> it's just soup. I don't know. Poetry soup. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a it's comparing an extended metaphor, comparing hope to a bird. It's the thing with feathers, perches in the soul, sings the tune without the words, and never stops at all. Um, yeah, I think that tune without the words is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like that kind of feeling of, the feeling of wanting to write a poem really bad and not having the words for it. Um, it's just like, I'm about to get really weird in aspect. It's like a wet emotion of like brimming over with like, I have all this feeling, I don't know what to say about it. It's almost stronger than if you were to say something about it. Um, like, even if you don't know what to say, you still have that feeling because it's not really about what you are saying. It's about that like, you're feeling it. You think hopeful, you think sort of, I guess, uplifting to a, to a degree. Mm -hmm. um, and if you listen to birds chirping, birds singing, it's, it, it doesn't ever sound sad. No. It, it, there's always that, quali that almost indescribable quality, like, yeah, it's hope, but like, what is hope? Yeah, but it's never also explicitly <laughs> happy. No, it's, it's hopeful. Yeah, because those are, that's like, an important distinction. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say, yeah. There's birds, side note, that live on top of my building that chirp starting about 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, there was, um, when I was a kid and I used to go to my grandparents' house, there was a cardinal. It was the mm -hmm. dumbest cardinal in the that, world. That, get, that hit the windows? Hits the windows. Cardinals do that because they're territorial. I learned this because I work at a summer camp and we have cardinals that will do that. And we're like, why are they hitting at the windows? It's because they that see thing their... thing had to be concussed. <laughs> <laughs> they see their reflections. And they think it's another bird and they want to fight it. That's literally what oh, it is. I, They're I fighting themselves. Yeah. I have heard that before. <laughs> I'm glad this is a universal experience, but at least it's not happy at 3 o'clock in the morning. Good. Like the birds that live on top of my building. No, it wasn't my window, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a very vivid memory of being in elementary school, and my elementary school had like hallways that were just window lined, like floor to ceiling. Yeah. And just looking to the side and seeing a bird just smack into the window and die. <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> so that's a fun little elementary school memory. Anyways, hope. And um, the sweetest in the gale is heard. And sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. That's a weird little mixing of metaphor it's, there. Yeah, because you, you bring in the, the whole idea of the, the gale, the wind. Mm -hmm. But with a gale could also be a nightingale. <laughs> Look at you being smart. Um, <laughs> so there's, there's sort of like a transference, I guess. That's probably not the right... <laughs> Just keep talking, it'll make sense. <laughs> but there's like a... It's kind of still related, so maybe that's like her mind went from that to that. But like, 
hope will last you through a storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and sweetest in the gale is heard. Mm-hmm. That's where it's strongest. Yeah. Because when you're at your lowest point is when you need hope the most. Yes. Like if you're, like it's it's a matter of degree, I guess, to an mm-hmm. extent, if that makes any sense at all. Because you know, like if, if you're already kind of at like a mid level mm-hmm. and you have that hope, it's not going to bring you up that much. So it's only marginally sweet where comparatively, if you're, if you're just super low, hope is still up at that top level. So it's going it, to, hope, hope is trying to bring you mm-hmm. up yes. out of the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking about the, um, the little bird that kept so many warm. Um, just thinking about, thinking about it through a physical sense makes absolutely no sense. Yes, that's correct. Um, <laughs> Birds are tiny. Birds are small, and Except but also, penguins. is that the that's the only large bird in the world? Do you know how small ostrich. penguins are? Do you have any idea how small penguins are? You know how big an ostrich is? <laughs> large, <laughs> but penguins are like little. <laughs> They're tiny. I had a teacher in middle school who tried to fight me on the fact that penguins don't live in Africa. They do live in Africa. There are penguins on the south tip of Africa. <laughs> oh, we are getting way off track. I'm sorry, that is my fault. <laughs> no, I got excited about penguins. It's probably more but, fun to um, listen to that way. But, <laughs> but no, um, I think, first of all, like birds and warmth have nothing to do with each other until I think about like holding one in my hands. I have hold a ba- I've held a baby chick in my hand and it was maybe the best thing ever. Um, but like that warmth that comes from holding something outside of you, like a little baby bird. You just yeah, hold it's bird not like a... Thing literal warmth so much no. as like a metaphorical one I guess but I think the lines here are blurred between those two things yeah yeah, yeah. if we're gonna make it a bird we're gonna make it a physical warmth yeah because in storms you're gonna get drenched you're gonna be freezing yeah. cold <laughs> yeah and then like the chillest land in the strangest sea yeah never in extremity it has to come with me it's like you don't hope doesn't ask for anything in return it just is a thing that exists yeah it's not something you really have to feed yeah you don't think it's just inherent Mm -hmm. i mean you do have to feed birds you do have to feed birds (laughs) we've gone way off but um (laughs) (laughs) but um i think there's you can think of it in the way of like, oh, I have to do things to keep myself hopeful, to keep myself uplifted. Like I have to like consume and like a certain amount of like fun Hallmark movies, uh, <laughs> or I have to only be thinking positive thoughts, or I'm gonna get so down that it's my fault. No, like you may you may not recognize it at a time, but it's a thing outside of yourself. It's like you can't you can't always blame yourself for things. Sometimes it's just something that is there. Um, something outside of yourself and outside of your power and it's something when you're when you're in the in the storm when you're in the chillest land and on the strangest sea like Mm -hmm. hope doesn't really know boundaries did you that's all i got (laughs) i don't i (laughs) i was hoping that would feed some idea of yours i was listening to the second half of your thought but um, there wasn't one (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, no, like, um, in those worst places, it's, they're the places with the lowest visibility to take it seriously. But, like, um, just because you don't see something doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. Um, because those aren't going to be the times where you feel the most hopeful, obviously. Mm-hmm. But 
that's still there. And I think, like, hope is a weird word for this because it feels like a conscious thing. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. But, you know, like, it feels like, oh, well, you have to be hopeful. You have to remember to, like, be positive. I don't think that's what this is talking about. I guess we've really. almost turned it into a, like, <laughs> verb as a society. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, hope as a noun. And I think that takes some of the pressure off because there's so much pressure to fix your life yourself and do things. To self-help book. God, I hate self-help books. <laughs> They're all so derivative and condescending. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've read one self-help book, you've read them all. They just change, like, little things. It's always so... They're just talking down to you. Just go to therapy. <laughs> like, or, or drink. <laughs> you can do both. That's true. Um, but, like, yeah. <laughs> Self-help book culture is awful. Because, first of all, it's people who say that they don't have time for reading, but they spend all their time reading, like, cotton candy fluff. It doesn't mean anything. And it's just awful. It's also going to make you feel worse about yourself, because then it puts it in your hands. And there's this idea, uh, way off topic, but there's this idea in modern society that, like, you are an individual at, and you as an individual are responsible for everything that happens to you and you have to watch out for your own well-being and no one else's. That's just not how this works. We are beings in community. We're people in community with other people, with other parts of ourselves, with hope, with these things. So it's not all your fault. Sometimes you can't just do things by yourself and it's not your fault if good or bad things happen. And we do, you mentioned community, we do need community. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you get isolated, and that's what that little that little bird is keeping you from being isolated. That little little bird of hope. The small, yeah, it's like the small things that do it. Like yeah, yeah. To, okay. to bring the Bible into it, um, like I the faith the size, yes, but you brought the first <laughs> one up. But the faith the size of a mustard seed thing, like a, like it's the smallest thing. Like a, like a mustard seed grows a giant tree. Mm -hmm. Like it only takes small things. It's not oh I have to do this big heroic thing or this big sweeping like song of hope is going on it's just small things small. add up to big things yeah and that's like that getting your own corner of the world thing like in everything you do you don't have to try to like beautifying your own corner of the world you just made a face at me um <laughs> yeah because i didn't know where you're going yeah well like like that idea of like you can't fix everything but it doesn't mean you can't fix anything yeah um like, we see the trend in poetry where it starts with people trying to, like, I'm going to solve all of the universal problems right now in this one poem. Thank you, T.S. Eliot. And then we have William Carlos Williams who says, but what about this one thing that's happening right here? And I think Williams does it better. Because he solves more, like, he doesn't concretely, what concretely about give you answers. That's... <laughs> that That's enough. Like, just having a poem where it's... Here's one thing that happened. And I think that it answers, it doesn't directly answer, but it gives a lot more like reassurance to real experience and to what life is really like than something like The Wasteland does. The Hollow Man's better anyway. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Since we've already brought it up and we said we wouldn't. But yeah. <laughs> we brought it up twice. Maybe <laughs> we should just do the episode Hollow Man. Oh, I, maybe. I, need, I would need to go back and... I would, I would need to prepare for that You're one. You're hearing it right now. We're preparing for the Hollow Men, and we will do it later. Well, I guess <laughs> you, so. You have to take the energy to cut it out or do it. So. All Anyways. right. Um, 
Yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> else. I think we've babbled enough. Yes. Babbled like a brook. <laughs> sure. I get to say two cheesy things this episode because that was number one and the second one is... You, you think those are the only ones you've done? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just picked faith and hope as your problems. We need love! I will have it on record that Caleb picked these two. I picked good bones, so... Are you saying that these are not good bones? <laughs> no, no, they're wonderful. I mean, I'm just putting out information. I'm not giving these any morality These aren't to my them. favorite two Emily Dickinson <laughs> poems. And you spent so long trying to find a poem. It's that thing of like when someone says, what's your favorite book? And then you forget everything you've ever read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've already, I've already done Wild Nights, Wild Nights, which is probably, my, <laughs> if not my favorite, like, yeah, very much up there. But Anyways, say your other cheesy thing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it for now. But until next time, keep on reading. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. I'm not.